0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Daniel. Daniel, how's it going, man?
2: It's going great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's go ahead and kind of get right into this. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at?
2: We're located in Staten, Oregon, which is about 15 or so minutes east of Salem, Oregon. And the name of the gym is Where to Start Fitness.
1: Okay, Where to Start Fitness. I love it. I love it. So um, how long have you guys been open? How long have you been a gym owner?
2: So we started in a in a small studio doing Uh, private training and group classes only Um, about 11 years ago. And after about three years, we realized that probably just wasn't going to get us financially really where we wanted to go. Mm -hmm. So about three years in, uh, we heard a rumor that the local gym was possibly for sale. And uh, I met the guy at a subway and about 15 minutes later, we decided to buy the gym. So it was, we had coffee in a subway and had a great conversation and, and we just knew my wife and I are all, are very, very entrepreneurial and we're, we're pretty aggressive. So Mm -hmm. we decide to do something. We just go ahead and do it because why sit around and wait? So we just jumped on it and it's been a, it's been a ride. It's been a lot of fun, uh, but it's, it's been a lot of work too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it, man. So my question for that is like, who bought whose food at Subway?
2: Uh, we actually didn't have food. We only had oh. Subway coffee, which I don't know if that sounds like <laughs> a great thing or not. I don't even yeah. remember what it tasted like, but uh, he did pay for my coffee though. So oh, okay,
1: okay, so all right, I got you, man. Yeah, yeah, Subway coffee. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it worked out though, right? I mean, you got it what you wanted out. out of it, so.
2: I never thought a Subway was going to be a place of a business meeting, but hey, it worked out.
1: Yeah, well, I've I've seen weirder, but yeah, it it works so. <laughs> So looking at um, now, so you bought the gym. So was it, uh, did you guys change the name or was it already, uh, did did you just take over?
2: Yeah, we did change the name. It was when we bought it, it was just state and fitness Okay. uh, named after the, after the small town that it was in. And Mm -hmm. we brought, we brought our name over where to start.
1: Mm -hmm. And so what, um, I mean, I know what the name means, but how did you guys come up with the name? Like.
2: Well, my, my wife and I had, uh, our own personal weight loss and fitness journey, and that's what got us into fitness in the first place. We were restaurant workers. We had been in the like middle to fine dining level restaurant work for about seven years, uh, in all levels, service, bartending, managing. We were actually at the time thinking about buying the restaurant that I was working at. um, and one day my wife just said, Hey, I think I might want to get certified to become a personal trainer. And I kind of laughed and said, Oh, well, that's random and weird, but okay. And <laughs> <laughs> about a month into it, into our certification with NASM. Um, I was, I was reading through some of the stuff and I thought, you know what, this could be really fun. This could be something that I could really enjoy. So I got certified as well. And we were really uncomfortable in the gym atmosphere. And so we, when we started our studio, we wanted to provide someplace that was safe for people to go through this, you know, weight loss and fitness journey, and so that's why we did the studio. and And the name kind of just came to my wife. She's like, you know, what if we we sell this or or we package it rather as someplace where people can just come to get started, not the place where all the, you know, gym rats go, but the place where the people that can't run more than fifteen feet at a time, the place where people that can't do a push up come or can't do a plank. So that's just really where the name came from. And that's, it's kind of a reflection of who we are. Yeah. Just helping people out, getting people started, understanding the challenge that the weight loss and fitness journey is and how personal that is for people. So we, when we bought the gym, we wanted to maintain that feeling. And that's why we brought the name over.
1: Yeah, man. I I love that. And, and that's so cool. I mean, because as far as like, you know, advertising and stuff like that. Like there, there's thousands of things you can throw in there, right? Like, like puns and, and all kinds of stuff. And oh I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've already thought I can see by the smirk, you've already <laughs> came up with some well, of
2: that. I, Yeah. And people come in, it's, you know, people are, uh, they come in and they say, Hey, you know, I need to lose some weight. So I got to get started. Where do I start? Like, <laughs> well, you start here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's worked out. It's The name's been, name's been great for us.
1: Yeah. Awesome, man. So looking at um, like, um, so like the layout of your gym, um, like what is your gym model? Is it more open gym um, or do you guys classes PT? Like how is that kind of ran?
2: It used to, we used to do group classes. There was a few group classes a week when we bought it. um, And then we brought over a lot of our people from just our studio from doing group classes. Mm -hmm. So we had a pretty significant following in the group class side And so we added that to it um, and the gym was at about 8,000 square feet for just the general 24 hour access, you know, type gym. Uh, And then we took about 1,800 square feet of that and made the group classroom Mm -hmm. Um, and we're really, really successful with the group classes for several years. And they kind of just started after a while kind of leaking off and, becoming less and less profitable and requiring, we were kind of backing away from leading all of the classes. Cause you know, as, as small business people, typically we start, and we were leading all the classes. Yep. And then after several years of that, you're like, you know, I, at seven o'clock on a Tuesday night, I'd prefer not to have to do uh, you know, a fitness class or a spin class or something. I'd prefer to pay somebody. Yeah, so, absolutely. So after about four, maybe five years of pretty much shouldering all of it. We started paying people. And I think being in a small town, um, us starting to pay other people kind of lost some of that that small town feel for people. And so the group mm-hmm. classes started started dying off. And then through the pandemic shutdowns, we actually had to move our natural health store into our group classroom. My wife is a natural health practitioner. She has five certifications in natural health. Um, and so we had to move the health store in. So we effectively have permanently ended our group classes. So now it's just more of a, a 24-hour access. Come in, get your workout in. There's lots of space. I You could probably say it's similar to like an Anytime Fitness model. Okay. Um, but I hate using that because we are also primarily a lifting gym. Okay. So where anytime and come of the, you know, snap fitness and some of the smaller uh, franchise type gyms are a lot of, you know, cardio equipment and cable machines and things like that. We have yeah. a massive amount of free weights and, and actually we do way more weightlifting clients than even people that just come in for a treadmill. So it's kind of one of those old school like just has that feel of that just old school lifting gym.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so like, so the next, next thing I'd like to ask is like when, when you guys like, what do you do right now as far as advertising, like to get new people in the door? Uh,
2: right now, Facebook has been our, our best friends. I mean, it's, yeah, we, we get a crazy amount of return on investment on Facebook, which you know a lot of people say younger folks aren't using it and that you know that might be all well and good but every time we throw up an ad we easily get a a return on that so and then the other thing is we've been in the community for a long time uh state and fitness was around for about 10 years before we bought it
1: okay and okay. so
2: you know we've got a footprint like i said it's a small town um Between two kind of different communities, there's only about ten thousand people. Mm-hmm. So you know, people know who we are. They know, for the most part, where we are. Um, and so, as far as advertising, you know, it's it's really not. We're not really. We don't spend a lot on it. I don't. I guess I don't know how else to say that. We just.
1: No, no, it makes sense. It does. A lot of
2: it's a lot of it's word of mouth and being just in a small community and. So yeah, and then Facebook, really.
1: Facebook, yeah. I'm I'm pulling. I got your website up right here right now. So, so yeah, that that's cool. Like I'm I, I needed to, I needed a visual for
2: it. Right, for yeah. sure.
1: Yeah, awesome, man. And yeah, like where where to start? Like it's, I mean, there it is. You know. So yeah, I mean, I love I love the name. So, so the advertising thing. So so basically you know, like Facebook, Facebook does it for you. And, you know, of course, word of mouth. And the cool thing about word of mouth is usually when someone comes in on that, um, like it's really hot, right? Like these people are going to join for the part of a friend referred them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We have, we have a lot, a lot of referrals. Um, a lot of people that, that come in and they, you know, really like it. And so then they want to work out buddy. And so then they, you know, Get one of their friends to do it, and so then yeah. they come in and work out. So yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely, man. And as far as like PT, like I know you guys started off doing personal training. Um, are you still doing training now?
2: So I do a little bit of training. Uh, my wife shifted completely out of the out of the fitness industry into the natural health industry. Oh, okay. So, okay. uh she's actually going to school right now to get her doctorate of natural health. So um, she she's She's a student. Let's put it that way. Um, and so I, I do a little bit of training that's kind of died off quite a bit during the, the shutdowns. I mean, I was listening to some of the, some of your guys' podcasts and pretty much all of them, the, the pandemic shutdown came into into the conversation at one point or another. Oh yeah. Um, so the private trainings kind of died off a little bit, um, And I'm also transitioning a little bit into more of the coaching life coaching side of things that I am the, the personal training and fitness side. So the the gym is kind of just, you know, it's kind of just a 24 hour access gym. And then I'm moving a little bit into coaching and doing some podcasting myself and things like that. the, The coaching stuff is my favorite. I mean, that's when I was training, like, Anybody can tell someone to get down, give them 12 pushups or, you know, teach, teach somebody how to squat. I mean, you can watch a, a Google or a YouTube video on how to squat, but really the part about being a personal trainer is understanding and helping your client yeah. and, and not telling them to do squats. It's, yeah. it's understanding them and what they need and what their goals are and why they're not achieving their goals. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is, is a lot, you know, of, of where these people are in their headspace, And no one goes into their life saying, you know, I want to be 150 pounds overweight, and not able to stand up off the couch without using the arm. Like yep. no one actually has that dream. That's not like something we, but there's people that are there. So understanding why they're there.
1: Yeah yeah is exactly.
2: A huge part of of being in the fitness industry, and that's really the part I love the most. Mm-hmm. So, um so I'm really pushing towards helping people with the coaching side as opposed to not as much of the actual training and fitness side
1: yeah. and and that's a good point you made. Like you have to find out someone's why. and Absolutely. that's one thing that I do. like, so we we have a few different options. So you know, we have like, you know, just online coaching, which actually I started up a new business for that just to try to separate it from the gym. But so we have that, but also, you know, I have kind of like a hybrid thing where people come in and you know, we may do a session a week or a session like every other week or whatever, but the rest is like I, you know, they have programs and you know, it's coaching the whole time through. Right. Yeah. And that's one thing. Like I I feel like you have to get someone's real why. And it's not just like oh, I want to get in better shape. And I'm like, there's more, like I need more, like, sure. Why really? Why? Like, is it because you want to be more attractive for your husband or or your wife? Like when you can get to the root of it and figure out what it really is and they feel comfortable telling you that that's when the big changes start to happen.
2: Yeah. We've, we've, um, done for promotional stuff in the past, we've done um, like free training, like transformation, you know, follow this person for three months or a year. And, you know, the, it was free for the client, but you know, there was, you had to show up, you had to be making progress, things yeah. like that. So we would do interviews to figure out who we were going to invite, you know, to do this, this thing. And that, and one of the most difficult parts of that was, I would always ask people, why do you want to lose weight? And it was a weight loss thing more than it was a fitness thing. Yeah. Um, but I'd ask people, why do you want to lose weight? And they would come back with these, you know, because I want to feel better. or I want to look better or, you know, I want to live longer. Mm-hmm. And that it, so it it came down to what well, what's that actually mean? Yeah. Like what's yeah. looking? I mean, all of us want to look better. I mean, it's the the best looking person, you know, in the that that magazine that does, you know, the sexiest person alive or whatever, that yeah. person probably wishes they w- looked better.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, you know, what's that mean and why do you want to look better? So, and that's, it, it's frustrating to hear the, some of those responses, but at yeah. the same time, it's a lot of fun to really help that person figure out what that means.
1: Yeah. And yeah, you have to. Like that's one thing in the beginning. Um, I didn't really push, I didn't push back on that. I'd be like, okay, cool. And then, you know, that these people will be gone in a few weeks and looking back, I'm like, well, no wonder. So when you start pushing, like it may be uncomfortable, but they have to get uncomfortable and you're right. Like, I mean, you nailed it right there when it comes to, well, I want to, I want to feel better. And it's like me too. So what (laughs) what does it mean to you? Like you said, does it mean you want to get up off the couch without assistance? Does it mean you want to play with your kids or your dogs in the yard? What does it mean? Like we need more than that.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, and when they get there, that that's um that's when the progress starts. You know, they've already opened up, they've shared all this with you. So now it's just about you, you know, being there with them through the journey, not so much, you know, hey, do this, hey, do that, but you're kind of guiding them, right? Like you're kind of like right by their side, taking them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I you know i have a little bit more flexibility because it's a you know small thing and it's not a corporate gym and stuff like that but i mean we would have sometimes half or three quarters of a of a workout session and not even get warmed up yet and you know just just be talking and just just be talking about you know what's what's the reason you didn't make progress this week what's the reason you're struggling this whole month you know like those conversations are are so vitally important and they are. I, I don't think going into training, I really realized that, like you said at the beginning, you know, you, you really don't press people on trying to find their why. And as new trainers, I think a lot of new trainers don't realize how important it is to really, really connect and understand their clients.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense, man. And once you get to that level, and so so that was the biggest thing for me, number one was figuring that out. And number two was, okay, now I've got that, how do I scale this? right? How can I get it to where I can do it? How can I get it to where, you know, one of my a coach can do it? Or how can I repeat this to or make this a repeatable process for anyone that comes in? And once that was done, like, you know, when you have that part figured out, it, it makes it a lot easier. And you're not stressing as much too, because at the end of the day, it's all pretty much the same questions that you need to ask these people. And then it's like, okay, so this was good. This was good. This was good. Oh, this is where I need to dig. Right. right? And yeah. so I've kind of made that for employees, you know, like a little script, um, so to speak. And it's more, more or less like a a consultation at a doctor's office.
2: Sure. Yeah. Like,
1: you come in and they're just kind of asking the questions like, where, where do you hurt? (laughs) and You know, we go to the doctor. Sometimes some people won't always tell them everything. So it's the doctor's job to kind of figure that out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Finding that, figuring out, especially if you're going to have other people working for you and the greatest thing about the franchise model is that it's the same every single time. Like that's what people appreciate. It doesn't matter if you're in Kentucky or if you're in Oregon, a, a cheeseburger from McDonald's is going to taste exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And so the, the customer going into there, which ironic that I'm bringing up McDonald's on a fitness and podcast, but
1: well, it is that,
2: <laughs> the going in there, if you're in Kentucky or if you're in Oregon as the customer, you know exactly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest lessons, the hardest lessons probably my wife and I had to learn was how to make it that, idea of every single gym person that comes in here is going to have a similar experience and it doesn't matter who's working for us that we're going to provide them this is what we want that experience to look like this is what when every single person walks into the door of their art gym this is what i want them to experience mm-hmm. and being able to replicate that like you were saying and you said you came up with a like a script for it yeah it's is so important to with all of the group class instructors and different people that we've had working for us, that has always been our biggest challenge is getting them to replicate the same thing over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and I think, you know, it like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, a business owner, but not a franchise. So of course this was started, you know, pretty much the same way yours was. And it's like, when we start out, just like you said about franchises, we don't have a, uh, you know, um, an operations manual or right. you know, like a set of instructions. So it is, and it gets to the point too. I don't know if you've ever been here, but I was kind of like, well, yes, I should be making, you know, um, some SOP sending operational procedures, blah, blah, blah. But if I do this, they're not going to be able to do as good as me. So I'm just going to have to be doing it anyway. So <laughs> I just want to do it. And it right. held me back for a long time until, you know, I had some friends and mentors that were just like, Hey, like you're doing too much here. Like there's too much shit you got going on. You need to let go a little bit. So you probably just need to write this stuff out, give it a try. And if something, if it doesn't work, you can tweak it until it does, you know, let, let your employees make, you know, some mistakes, you know, because you did too. And I was like, okay. So (laughs) after I let go and, and did that, you know, things, things ran much smoother.
2: Yeah, the harder it, it seems silly, but the hardest part for us about like making those lists and standardizing stuff was making a cleaning list for when we had when we uh-huh. had people come in and clean. It was like, why it seems like cleaning the bathroom should be relatively simple. Yeah. Uh why do I have like a whole page of individual <laughs> steps of how to clean a bathroom? Like this is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And it's simple things like that that you just, you know larger companies have whole HR departments. Yeah. And as a, as an entrepreneur sole proprietor or whatever, you know, that small type thing, you are the HR department. Yeah. And so you have to write those lists of specifically how you want your bathrooms cleaned. Yeah, you do. And it's a crazy thing, but it's just something that, you know, that the small business owner has to deal with, you know, whatever business they're doing.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's funny. Yeah. That you say that. Cause you know, you use, I've had the questions like, well, so what, what do I do first? You know, which one do I clean first? When do I mop the floor? Do I, do I mop the floor and then clean the toilet and all this? And I'm, <laughs> can I use the bleach on the mirror because we're out of um, you know, we're out of a uh, mirror cleaner or glass. Right. Cleaner? Yeah. No,
2: no, <laughs> <laughs> you probably shouldn't.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. So uh, man, one thing uh, we're getting towards the end of our time on the podcast. So one thing i like to ask everyone. So let's say um, a year from now, if like, what does growth look like for you? Like in a year? Like, where where would you like to be at?
2: Well, I think um, more, we definitely would like to be able to transition more to having other people doing the day to day. Yeah. Um, we've, we've been, doing it pretty much on our own, uh, since we started. And as I said earlier, I'm, I'm transitioning a little more into the coaching stuff. Um, and so I think having somebody do more, being in a position where we can pay somebody to do more of the day to day, watching the desk while, you know, staffed hours, uh, but that it could also do the cleaning. So we're not paying, you know, two different people for that. Um, and just that sort of thing, building ourselves back up. We were right before the shutdown, we were at a great place. And we were actually talking about hiring somebody to come in and do that. Uh, I had started doing some small groups that were really, really popping off. They were doing great. Um, and so right now, I, I really honestly think the next year for us and probably for a lot of other other gyms and just other businesses affected it's just going to be building back what was lost during, you know, state shutdowns, state of Oregon, shut down restaurants and gyms three times.
3: Yeah, man.
2: And, um, and so a lot of that's just recovery. I mean, people can try to sell it how they will, but that kind of loss that the majority of places had just takes time to build that back up.
1: It does. But I think
2: the next year is just going to look, it's just going to look a lot about, building those numbers back up, continuing, hopefully to stay open and, and then transitioning into that. Like I said, having somebody run the day to day so that my wife and I can kind of, you know, do other stuff and, and look at other avenues.
1: Yeah. That makes total sense, man. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Really enjoyed it. And I know our audience got value out of this as well. So um, again, appreciate you coming out, man. Hey, no problem. And for our listeners out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be a guest on the podcast, click the link in the description. Apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money,
4: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Jan Vlachy from JB Pro Fitness in Burlington, Ontario. Jan, how are you doing today? Good, buddy, and uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time to be out here with us. I appreciate it. I think our audience is gonna have an awesome time for the next 15 or 20 minutes, so let's get to it. Tell us about JV Pro Fitness. What is it that you're doing out there? How are you changing lives in Ontario?
5: Okay. So, you know, uh, t- starting the business 10 years ago, it wasn't really that big of a hit yet in, uh, in Canada or really around the world. I think it's really much bigger now. Um, we are a uh, privately owned appointment-based personal training business. Uh, we we run a few bootcamp classes a week as well, but it is, only, it is a scheduled one-on-one, one-on-two, one-on-three appointment-based type of style business. It's very much uh, a boutique-style studio. It's 1,500 square feet. Uh, we see almost 100 clients a week, um, or I should say 100 sessions a week, uh, some coming once a week, some coming twice a week, some coming even up to three times a week, and some will come even to a, a boot camp so a group session and then someone will even attend a, a private session. So they'll do they'll do a kind of like one of each. Um, and, and so you know with uh, with that with that many clients and with all diff- with all these different clients with, that come with you with different challenges, different age, it's uh, it's been it's been fun for the last 10 years for sure.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's it sounds like uh, it's probably been a ride. So you have, you said about 1500 square feet. You have about a hundred sessions a week. Are you one man show? Do you have a team underneath you? So
5: I always say I have a team because, you know, you've got your website, you've got your bookkeeper, you've got your accountant. That's my team. But no, um, I did have a a gentleman working with me literally working side by side for the last decade. Uh, and he's actually happily gone on his own just, just over the last, uh, so here in Canada, we just we we just came out of our third lockdown. I don't know if I mentioned that, uh-huh. uh, which which has been brutal and tough and everything. And so, but in that in the third lockdown, he was able to kind of take the time and the money money and the energy to go on his own. So uh, that is awesome. Um, but at the moment, I am uh, I am a one man crew. I uh, have been actually recently just trying to get somebody else on board, but. Um, I don't mind it. This is okay right now with uh, with everything going on and all the uncertainties. It's kind of nice to sort of focus on uh just you know what's going on with me.
4: So you're you're currently wearing all the hats. So your yeah, your bright side is that he's happy, he's moving on, he's totally taking yeah. what he's learned, working alongside you, and I'm sure you've learned some things from him, right? You can't help but yeah. to over that time, and you're kind of just regrouping and getting back in touch, really hands-on, but but at some point might need a little bit of help.
5: Yeah. So in, in this particular case, it was a gentleman that was very much like me. We both had our own clientele. We both had our business. Uh, I was the one that uh, actually opened up the spot that I'm in, and I was the one that got all. So I was on my own for a little bit, even before he jumped on board. But And so he was with me for the last, I would say, nine, nine and a half years. Um but we were both kind of running our own separate businesses. He was, you know, I had my, it's not like we had, we had our own section of the gyms, but we, you know, we just had, we were running our own business in one spot, pretty much. So, uh, but so, yes, yeah, so we learned a lot from each other. We were friends all the way from, uh, from school. And so it was great. But um, obviously there's a time in everyone's life that you got to move on and you got to make your own money and you got to make more of it. Maybe if that's an opportunity and that's it.
4: So with him being gone, you've you've established that, although to some people, 1,500 square feet may sound small, right, depending mm-hmm. on where you are and, and what type of training you do, you know that you can coexist with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, we spoke a little bit off the air, and it sounds like one of your passions is developing other coaches or having the opportunity to bring a coach who may be fresh out of their certification looking to get their feet wet, and really before they've formed any habits, good or bad, really having the opportunity to mold somebody in a way that you find to be very impactful. Sure. So is, is that something that you think might be in your future, using that space to maybe develop coaches who may stay with you for 10 years, like the gentleman who was there, or may go out onto their own to other things? Is that something that you think might be on your horizon?
5: I think so. I think, you know, there's so much that isn't taught. There's so much that isn't available to a lot of people. And I think, you know, when you're in the industry for 10 years, when you've known, when you get to see kind of the different relationships and the different people and the different challenges that come your way, I think there's a lot in that, Um, you know, even with myself, I'll just use myself as an example, like, you know, going through the big box gyms, going through the, uh, so when I was working earlier in my career, when I was working for somebody that had a very similar spot that I have now. So I kind of would use that same sort of boutique style uh, studio after this gentleman actually too, is it was, it was more like, you know, you're learning kind of what to do and you're also learning what not to do. (laughs) And I think, you know, like kind of like how we talked about it's, there's so much to training. Right. And I think a lot of people focus on the training part. And obviously you have to, because you're a personal trainer and you have to deliver your services and you have to be great, but there's so much as, as an owner of a business that you do that isn't just training, you know, finding uh, the kind of like how you just asked, like finding the right team around you. Right. So finding the right people that help you away from the studio, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your uh, bookkeeper, your accountant, whatever. Right. And that team is super important. But then again, you have to uh, become a salesperson as well. You have to learn how to sell your product, you know, and and again, 50 percent of it is or maybe more of it is is sold through you and and how you deliver your services and how you meet people. But then you do actually have to uh, convert them into clients. And so leads uh, become prospects. Prospects uh, are potential clients. So.
4: So it sounds like you have a lot of a lot of knowledge and experience that you could impart on a maybe a newer, impressional, or maybe an experienced coach. And some of that came from your big box training, right? The big box gyms tend to have a lot of systems in place, things that some of the boutique gyms would never think about, just having very, very strict KPIs and tracking data and things like that. Sure. Um, but sounds like some of it you've just acquired over the course of experience things that you wouldn't learn in a big box. Have you had any other, any other mentorship, any other coaching? Have you done anything outside of the, that training and, and you know, your certification in the big boxers, is everything else just learning by experience?
5: Definitely learning through experience. So I was, uh, I was 16 when I did get into the big box gyms. I was 19 when I first, uh, um, became a manager at this small little boutique studio. So that was a big moment where I thought, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe this could work for me. Maybe, maybe I'm okay with this profession. You know, like sometimes you don't know if you're good, you know, are you, are you good enough? Like you're kind of like, I don't know. There's, uh, there's so much competition. There's so much, uh, especially where we are. Uh, I bet you on, on the street that I'm on or, or the, or the downtown area that we're in there's, 20 personal training studios alone. So there's a lot of competition. So you're like, you know, you almost have to, you almost have to look at it and say, okay, well, what makes you better? You know, so growing up again, so I was 19 when I joined the guy and I was 22 when I opened up my own fitness studio. So again, being a young guy, you kind of, you find, you find your passion early and then you just run with it. Uh, and so you know, I, I, I can't tell you that I knew at 16, that this is what I wanted to do. I'm never going to, you know, never going to say that, but definitely it takes you to a place where you sort of realize, you know, where's the, where's my money and energy going to go. And it was here. And I think, um, you know, I think in terms of mentorships, I think, you know, right away, actually a, a gentleman that you might be familiar with is Pedro's uh, Koulian. I don't know if you know that yep, name. He yep, owns yep. Uh, uh, Fit Body Bootcamp. Camp. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's got uh, a little
4: experience, a little notoriety in the game.
5: Yes. Uh, so he's a guy that, you know, when I was starting out, he wasn't actually a big guy in the industry yet either. And so he used to, he used to do a lot of, uh, he used to send a lot of his uh, coaches he called it uh, uh you know free dvds that yeah. i would watch and it was terrible quality but you would watch <laughs> it you know it was not edited so it was just six hours of you know just him rambling on and just you know talking with other people trainers gym owners um everybody that uh you know, had anything to talk about anything to add and anything to kind of educate on and so that was awesome
4: yeah yeah that's uh That's he's, he's definitely made his impact on the industry. That's yeah.
5: That's for
4: certain. So when you decided that you were 22, you have a few years in the industry, well, six years or three, depending on which, where you qualify it, but really, you know, six years of, of having some type of experience. Sure. The opportunity came to you, something triggered and you said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on my own. Um, what were your big expectations of how it was going to be? And, and what were the biggest differences from reality? Oh, wow. <laughs> so I'll, so, lot, my expectat-
5: right? so I'll, I'll give you my expectations. I don't think I had any. Right. <laughs> and and I'll, t- I'll tell you this. So uh, I think at 22, I had no choice. This is how I saw it. I'll, t- I'll sort of give, try to put you in my eyes here. So uh, in, 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 uh, if I were to, so I was already in a small boutique gym at this point. At 20, when I was 21 and just at the beginning of uh 22 and so I saw as anything any other move would be a, a step back or a lateral move for myself so if I go to another gym it's a lateral move why, why do that if I go to another big box gym that's a backwards step for myself I thought because I was already out of there and I was already training clients that I liked and uh, you know, my sort of clientele already. So I thought, okay, this is my only step forward. And, and so I saw it as an opportunity because I had a lot of clients already that were specifically requesting me uh, already also um, were just my clients where usually if you're, if you belong to a gym, you know, you have to give them a certain cut of, of your clientele as well. So I had a lot of clients to my name already. I had a lot, I had a great rapport uh, like I said, I was a manager at this gym. So I was one of the few full-time trainers there. So a lot of people knew me the most. And so when I did leave, uh, I saw it as an opportunity where, I, you know, I, I was able to market that I was on my own and a lot of people were able to kind of tag along and and come support me.
4: So that was an uh, interesting way to go into it because you knew you knew what you wanted and what you didn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just kind of left it to, I'm going to be the trainer that I want to be in. I'm going to, I'm going to put in whatever amount of work that it takes Yeah, and you know, whatever, whatever happens from there is just going to be a product of what I'm going right. to it. Yeah. And it's been a whirlwind, right? It's been 10 years yeah. of just constant lessons, trial and error Yeah, and, and what's gone through this. So what would you say? if you had to pick one area that you've grown the most in, that you've become the strongest in that's become your, maybe your biggest lever that you you've been able to pull as a trainer slash business owner, because Mm -hmm. you're both, once you make that switch that, that you'd say you've developed and and made your biggest strength.
5: Okay. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent confidence. One hundred percent confidence. And I think, and I think, I think it would go back to just, again, I, when I was starting out, I was super young. I had, you know, I, I was afraid that people would think that I was too young. I had, um, I was afraid that people might not, you know, take me too seriously, or I just, you know, I think failure would be another one, but I think the confidence in doing what I do would obviously kind of push failure away from that a little bit. So that's kind of what I was hoping, but I think, I think uh, confidence, you know, I used to, When I was 22, I remember if I had a new client coming in, I remember I used to purposely grow my beard. (laughs) I used to, I used to leave it. I used to not shave for weeks. You know, I knew I had Mrs. Jones coming in two weeks from now. Okay. Grow it out. Let's, (laughs) you know, I, I just wanted her to think that maybe he's not 22, maybe he's 24. You know what I mean? I wanted to just deliver the best that I could without them judging you know, from from that aspect, but I don't know, like, I think, you know, the confidence in even uh, running my business, you know, I mean, when I was starting out, it was all about, it was all about, you know, I got to make sure that the client is super happy and, you know, and and, and no matter what, I was always super wrong. I was always the wrong. I was in the wrong. And then you learn that, you know, you can, you don't always have to be wrong. You can sometimes be right. And you have to sometimes understand that, you know, uh, you're, you know, you don't always have to uh, keep everybody you know so that the confidence in saying hey you know mrs jones i don't think we're uh, working out here anymore i don't you know and that's and that's huge and i'll say that you know with uh no shame i i, I would let people go you know if, if somebody's not in the right mindset or or uh, would challenge your um I don't know but you know whether it's challenge your business or how you should run it or you know if they come with a negative attitude all, all the time like you know what maybe the relationship isn't there and maybe this is not a good connection so that is something that i never did because when i when you're younger and when you're starting out you want to keep everybody you want to satisfy everybody but you understand that you can't satisfy everybody and that not everybody's on your wavelength and so you know Sometimes you have to say goodbye to people that are negative and not, not in there for the right reasons, really.
4: Yeah. So when you started out, you sort of had to manufacture some confidence Yeah. because you knew that you knew the training, but you didn't have enough wins under your belt where you, you know, whether you call it, you know, testimonials or client success or things like that where you didn't say, you know, heck with it. Nobody, nobody can really question like, I know that I belong here. Mm-hmm. And the more you did it, the more you saw the impact you're having on people's lives. Yeah. You can stand up tall and say, oh, I'm in the right spot. Well, you may not be in the right spot, but I'm here. And if I think that I can help you, you know, we're going to do something. Sure.
5: Even, you know, even, you know, to what you just said, like, you know, if a new client comes in, how confident am I that, that I'm going to close this person? Uh, and now it's, now I feel like I have all the confidence, you know, come on in anybody challenge me. And so for, for, you know, and so it's, how do you close this person? I have never taken a course on how to close a client. So I learned that on the job basically, you know, and, and, uh, so I feel like again, you know, self-taught, I don't know if I'm self-taught totally, but no, because obviously you, you do, you pick from, you know, people that you really look up to and you kind of, you know, and you have relationships. And so you understand kind of what people are okay with and what people are not okay with, but you know, when it comes to closing clients, you have to be more um, interested than interesting, you know? So it's not about you, it's about them. And so don't, you know, if somebody says to you, Hey, you know, I want to really improve on my chest press, you know, I can only chest press a hundred pounds that is not the opportunity to say, well, I can chest press 150 pounds. And so, you know what I mean? So yeah. that is, uh, you know, just don't be, uh, don't be interesting, be interested. You have to be interested in the other p- person. And, and, you know, the way I do it, and uh, again, I can tell you my quick little secret is you let them talk. And so if, you know, they, they do come in and they fill out a little quick, little uh, uh, you know, name, number, or how did you hear about us? Uh, what are your goals? How is your eating? Uh, what is your occupation? They fill it out and when they do you basically just repeat their answer and when you repeat their answer they will talk for hours if if they can and so i think giving them the platform giving them the opportunity to tell you about their you know personal situation is really how you gain the trust and you get them to you know and like and trust you for sure
4: yeah and i think it also goes back a little bit to what you said about growing your confidence because with confidence will come conviction if you know that if you and I sit down and you have a problem that I think I can help with, and you see my type of person I work with, if I know that I can help you get there, it's just, you know, hey, you know, you're here, you want to get here. If I could show you how to get there, would, would you want to work together? Well, right. yes. Okay. Well, I know for certain that I can get you there. Right. And, and if you really believe it, and you believe in yourself, then it's going to come through. And if you're not sure they're going to see through it.
5: Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think the challenge, the obstacle there is you'll have a client that will come in and they'll say, Hey, I've been working out for 30 years. And you'll have a client that says, Hey, I've never worked out in my life. Both situations. I will treat the same. Right. So, you know, if somebody comes in and says, I've been working out for 30 years, I don't give them a harder workout. My assessment, Workout is the same. It's a body weight uh, assessment workout where you go through ranges of motion, you go through flexibility, you go through form, you go through technique. And you I I really assess the person's strengths and weaknesses based on a few exercises. I think a plank, and a lot of gym trainers will, will tell you the same thing: a plank will tell you everything about the person. A squat will tell you about it, will tell you pretty much everything about the person, right? In terms of weaknesses, in terms of uh, a, a, a proper foundation. So if somebody says they've been working out for thirty years, doesn't mean their core foundation is really in place. And so I think, I think again, you know, I I treat every situation the same, even if they come in with, um, you know, boatloads of experience apparently from other gyms, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So I want to come back to that to what you do when new people come in, but I also want to frame it situationally because of of where you are right now in the business, you're by yourself, you're training a lot of clients right now. Do you have room to grow? Are you at a point where right now you need to just maintain the clientele that you have? It's a good question.
5: (laughs) And it's a question that my clients actually ask often as well because they always want to know, like, are you, so just recently uh, next door, uh, the guy moved out. He hasn't been, no one's really been in that spot just next door for, better part of the year now Mm
0: -hmm.
5: and I think COVID has a little bit to do with that but uh so you know a lot of people always ask like hey are you gonna knock the wall down are you gonna expand you know (laughs) I think at the moment you know it's it's hard to say I'm maintaining what I have but I think that's probably the more appropriate term to use there um in terms of building of course you can build you know I can get I can get trainers and uh in in the studio and and maybe you know expand that way and and maybe work less, you know, so I have a four-year-old, and, and another one on the way, and so, you know, so, may, so maybe, thank you, and so maybe that is something that changes the optics of, you know, how much I should be working, and how much I should be uh, making, but um, it's hard, like, you know, a lot of the clients that I've had, are, uh, I've had for almost a decade now, and so how do you say goodbye to that, how do you say, hey, you know, someone else is going to train you now, and that's the toughest part, I think, of letting go, If if, if, if you know, whenever that is for me, but, um in terms of expanding or trying to you know it's tough it's tough because i feel like i've sort of been uh you know again especially now after covid i'm trying to build it back up almost you know i am I'm, I'm i'm afraid of you know what do i do do i advertise now is this the right time are we going to enter a fourth lockdown you know where where am i with that do i want to hire an employee uh you know that i have to maybe potentially just let go again <laughs> it's a tough uh, situation to be in today but again, the question would be answered probably very similarly. If you asked me a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. even before COVID happened, like I feel like I'm in a position where I'm happy with everything and, and, um, obviously people do leave. And so you have to, you still have to continue to work hard and advertise and, you know, be good at what you do. But I think, yeah, I'm sort of maintaining at this moment.
4: Yeah. And, um, you know, I know Ontario has been one of the hardest hit with restrictions and lockdowns and, uh, you know, definitely, I, I feel for for all of you in that area. I mean, worldwide, it's been tough, but you know, time after time, conversation after conversation, uh, Ontario has been been pretty bad. Uh, yeah, only a few places in the states have gotten hit as hard with as much restriction. But with the restrictions and with you know, you realizing there's only so much of you to go around, and maybe there are different different ways you don't want to cut back your earnings, especially with you know a little one on the yeah. way, but you know, wanting to have more time. Have you explored the the online space at all, whether it be, you know, Zoom coaching or mm-hmm. maybe some things that don't involve actual online exercise, you know, to like, you know, nutrition or you sure. know, yeah. hybrid plans. Is that something that you've gone down the road of at all?
5: So every single lockdown, I was online with my mm-hmm. clients. And so that, you know, totally brand new to me. Um, totally new uh, I'm not a great guy in front of the camera I know I'm a pretty shy dude but <laughs> this has uh, this has totally changed everything I feel like now even uh, a lot of my clients have stuck with online training. I have clients that are not even close to work, you know, close to the gym. And so they are some clients moved away during the pandemic. Some clients I've acquired, you know, from other parts of Canada, just because, you know, the connect, if the connection is good, then it doesn't matter where you really are. Right. So online training I'm sure has to, is, is booming at the moment. I don't love it. I'll be honest. I, you know, I, I will do it. Obviously if we're in lockdown, what I, what I typically do too, as soon as we hit, Uh, The lockdown, I I try to get all my equipment out to people. Mm. And so uh, all all the stuff, barbells, dumbbells, plates, uh, I try to get it to the people that need it and want it. And so that we can continue working out online. But, you know, in terms of me delivering my services properly in the way that I would like, it definitely should be in person. I feel like, you know, you can get more across. I think you can show more. I would see more. You know, I always say to my clients, I'm only getting a 2D version. And I would, I would, you know, and so you know, if I'm with somebody, if I'm even doing something like a, like a straightforward plank or a squat, I'm walking around the client. I want to see every angle. I want to see the mirror. I want to see the the side angle. I want to see exactly what's going on with the body when it moves. And so um, online isn't great for that, but it is great. If you think about what, you know, you know, 10 years ago, we wouldn't be able to do this 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we'd never be able to have this option. So it's great for what it is, right?
4: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are, as uh, maybe one of the few side benefits of COVID is there, you know, people are trying so many different things and where a lot of people haven't really liked delivering their service online um, and the adherence hasn't been fantastic, you know, whether it's uh class-based, if it's one-on-one personal training, somebody's there and you notice them there, don't. But the you know, more class-based, it can be tough to get adherence, but also, you know, some different business models have popped out of that where, you know, people have clients paying them more for you know, nutrition and accountability sure. and things like that than they ever did in person, you know, $50, dollars 100, $150 a week for some of those things. So for people that embrace it, uh, it allows them to leverage time and opportunity a little bit more. So it's interesting to see what comes out of it. People who once did only large group training in person. Now yeah. restrictions only do small groups. So, you know, gym owners are, uh, you know, the ingenuity is limitless. Yeah, it's interesting sure. to see, you know, the entrepreneurial spurs, things that come out and uh, different products that are just, are coming out of this, you know, affliction that we've-,
5: we've No been. doubt you have to be able to adapt. And I think, you know, with all this stuff, that was that's number one, I think you have to adapt. And I think, you know, if we're headed that way, If we're heading towards the online world, which it seems like we are anyway, you know, then then yeah, you have to definitely make some changes. But uh, when it comes to you know personal training, one on one, special unique attention, I feel like it does need to be in person. Uh, On the other hand, if somebody is okay, you're working out online, working from home. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, I love that people can, you know, if people contact me from like Prince Edward Island, which is totally somewhere else, or if somebody contacts me from from California that they want to do some online sessions, I would 100% do it. Uh, but I just think that um, in, if you're going to ask me what delivers the best results, it's in person. And I think, you know, we touched on it a bit earlier, like, you know, I think the human connection is such an important uh, thing. I think, you know, and if you just turn everything to online, I think you lose a lot of that. And uh, a lot of my uh, clients are, we have a great relationship and I think you don't really get to keep that up if it's online. So I think a lot of things uh, are um, lost when it's online, but like you said, it creates a lot of opportunities as well, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. We are unfortunately running low on time here. And as always, I always want to make these into, you know, a four or five hour podcast, but (laughs) we can't. But before we let you go, uh, two things. The first one I'm going to ask you is if you could look back to uh, 10 years ago when you were going to take the leap and go on your own, if you think you could tell yourself one thing that would have uh, encompassed maybe the best piece of advice you could give yourself back then, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> You're putting me on the spot with that one. A, a little
5: bit, you know. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So, what would I tell myself ten years ago? Ooh, I don't know. You know, the grind is real. Keep grinding, I guess. <laughs> so, you know, uh, a lot of people think that uh, when you own a business that it's you make your own hours, that you get to do whatever you want. And unfortunately, it's not the same. I don't have a boss. I have a hundred different bosses, and so I think the idea of making, I don't know, millions of dollars, maybe, or whatever. I think that needs to, <laughs> you know, I think reality needs to sink in or whatever. But I think, you know, when you, when you are just as small as I am, but, um, yeah, I think that, uh, not to expect too much, but also, you know, go for a little bit more than you thought. I think that's kind what I would give myself.
4: Yeah. And one thing that, that is echoed over and over when I ask that question, when you say, you know, the grind is real and do it is, um, for those who truly believe in it that are out there that know they can make a difference and want to make a mark on this world it seems like over and over we hear people say you know if you if you're thinking about doing it just do it and be ready to put the work in and you know find the right advice find the right mentorship learn always be open to learning and working hard for as long as you need to um and and get ready to be in it for the long haul
5: yeah, no doubt. Um, no doubt. You know, learning doesn't stop. I think that's, that's the thing. Learning never stops. And I think, you know, again, with my specific job, I think it's, you know, every client will give you a different challenge, whether it's a, uh, an injury limitation, you know, age, sex, you uh, past trainers giving them a hard time or whatever you have to sort of get over these uh, obstacles and hurdles. And I think that the, the learning never stops. Every client will give you a different perspective and challenge. So
4: absolutely. Yeah. Never, never stop learning. All right. Last thing before we let you go, if people want to find out more about you, the gym, your training style, see what's going on out there and in, uh, in Ontario. Where can they find you online? Website, social media. What's what yeah? Are the so,
5: fans? so website is number one for sure. Uh, most of my clients come from my website, so it's JVProFitness.com. So just the business name.com. Uh, we're on Instagram, uh, JVProFitness. We're on Facebook. Uh, we are on Twitter. Uh, it's all pretty much all linked and, and connected, but. Um, Uh, We have a little bit of a small presence on YouTube. Uh, If you want to quickly go on YouTube, there is a a quick little bio or like a little interview with me there as well. Uh, But mostly, you know what, mostly it's just website and uh, social media for sure.
4: Awesome. Awesome. So everybody out there listening, go check out Jan and what's going on at JV pro fitness. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate your time. And to everybody out there listening, we thank you for your time too. We appreciate you spending a little bit of your day with us. If you want to be notified of new episodes, hit the subscribe button, leave us a like, throw us a review. We love the feedback. If you want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lord's Nation, thanks for tuning in. Keep working hard, kicking ass, and changing lives. Jim Lord's.
0: Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code Lords on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Vinny Candela. Vinny, how's it going, man? Going
3: great, man. Thanks for
1: having me. Absolutely, man. Thanks for being on the show. You know it. So let's go ahead and kind of get right into this. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at?
3: Uh, Name is the Gym Fitness Center and we're located right on Miller Road in Flint, Michigan. uh, Kind of in a complex that has Outback Steakhouse, a a dentist office, a tattoo parlor. It's kind of like a little mini shopping mall kind of thing, like like a little strip mall. But yeah. we take up uh, the more majority of it right in the center. So it's kind of geared all around us, which is nice. Drives a lot oh, of yeah. business our way. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, there's nothing like being in the same shopping center as a steakhouse, right?
3: Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Yeah, you go from, right <laughs> from there to there and there to there. It's wonderful. It's,
1: yeah. It's all day long. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, tell me a little bit about your gym. Like, uh, what's the square footage of the facility?
3: We're right around 9,300 square feet. Uh, We do have a upstairs, which we have like a yoga studio, posing room, massage therapy. Uh, We have a kind of a relaxation area that we put in there for people that like when they need to decompress after a hard workout. It's got like a little fireplace rug, leather couch kind of thing. They can go up there and just chill for a minute. Uh, If you go come in the front door, what you're going to see is I split the gym in the front into a leg area and then an upper body area. So like you're not just... Cramming a bunch of stuff into one. Okay. And I have a staircase that separates the two. If you go through there and walk to the back, then you'll see where all my selectorized machines are at and my dumbbells. I tried to make it so there's good flow throughout the gym. Yeah. It, I just didn't want anybody to, I didn't want it to be hard to maneuver from one piece of equipment to the next. If you're doing legs, I want you all legs. If yeah. you're doing chest, I want you all chest, you know, that kind of thing. Just because. With men, women, younger, older, whatever it may be, you wanna make sure that the flow is good so nobody gets intimidated, nobody gets upset, and everybody is feeling good about it. If you go immediate to the right through the leg area, you'll notice there's a completely separate room, which is a speed agility room, has all your TRX bands, your slam balls, your sleds, turf, all that. And then I have my cardio equipment that goes in a big L shape all the way around. Some of it's facing out towards the parking lot, some of it's facing face the mirrors with TVs and stuff to watch. Mm-hmm. And then if you look immediately to, to the left of that, I have all my hammer strength equipment, you know, all the stuff that's plate-loaded, leverage machine stuff, reverse hyper, you know, things like that. And I keep all that right there. So you have your your chest, shoulders, hamstrings, legs, everything right there. So pretty much whatever area you're in, you can do your whole body. It just depends what you want to work that day, whether you want to do machine work, free weight work, leverage work. It doesn't matter. You know, dumbbells yeah. on both sides of the facility as well.
1: Yeah, that sounds so, good, man and and that's uh, that's pretty cool because that, that's kind of the same thing we do with our gym so i wanted same to, i wanted everything like in its own area yep so like i made like as soon as you walk in like we have like our legs are, are like kind of to the back right so um you know as far as the setup goes like you said it, it makes everything flow so much better yep. now i'm curious did you guys have to move any machines or turn them turn them the opposite way after you got it in like it's really funny (laughs) man you must have read my mind so i had it originally
3: all set up and i walked through it with a couple of my friends that were helping move things in and they're like man we tried to go through a mock workout just to see how it would go and i said this this is terrible like i'm running into this guy i'm stepping out into the lane we ended up and had to basically turn every single piece of selectorized equipment the opposite way so that way it would face in rows because it was kind of facing like in which wasn't good and then we went through and we're like okay so wait what about the uh what about the leg side what do we do there we had to completely face everything the opposite way there too because you're trying to line stuff up when you're looking in so when people look in the facility you're saying okay you can see all my equipment straight on that doesn't work because they're not in the mirrors yeah what what, what do people in the gym want to do they want to look in the mirror take selfies that kind of thing so yeah it's so funny yeah we, we did that trial and error um the, the chest side and the upper body side was easy because you know, everything faces the mirror there and it wasn't about fitting stuff in at that point. It was just yeah. um, getting the best light in the, in the best area. And that's what yeah. people want. So the way our lighting goes in there, it all basically frames the out, outer part of our gym. So if you're standing within 10 feet of the mirror, it's like, it's like stage lighting. Yeah. So everybody looks really good. So, you know, it's, it's nice because you can definitely see for posing purposes and whatnot, we have a lot of competitors and whatnot in the gym it's really funny because you'll see them in there and they'll, they'll come in some there's people don't even belong to our gym that come in and just take pictures they'll pay a day pass come in, take pictures go upstairs take pictures that's you awesome. know, they like that it's yes yeah, it's, it's fun man it's a family environment just like what you guys got exactly yeah. yeah
1: yeah well see and that's and that's kind of one thing so yeah we we kind of did a few mock workouts same deal that you did um and the way like the the couple a couple of pieces i had to move so we've got we've got a vertical leg press and um you know just like some yes. of the, um some of the hip machines you know like uh, the inner thigh machines and whatnot so yeah so basically what it was i was given a tour one day this is like day two that we were open and there was a lady on the vertical leg press right but we had it facing out oh no you know? and then she was like in like booty shorts you know like the nike pro shorts or whatever and i was like oh my gosh but like, dude i had to divert because this was a family and i was like yeah, there, we, can't, <laughs> we can't walk over that way because i mean oh. it's like everything you know what i mean so well it's like
4: have
3: you ever been into a gym where the inners and outers are facing out towards everybody yeah I, yeah you know, I why do they do that them. yeah you know i mean you know better than that we face ours in right towards the wall you have to face them in yeah i used to work at a, at a gym prior to owning this one and um they always had them facing out and everybody always wants to have that, that very serious conversation with you when they're on there. And you know, you're, you're just trying not to pay attention at all. It'd be, it'd be yeah. me a trainer As many years I am, I'm pretty good at it, but the people are standing next to me. Not yeah. so good. I'm like, yeah. Hey, you know, we have to continue this another time. But It's the same exact thing. Our vertical leg press was the same way. We had it the wrong way. But one of my, one of my people was doing a tour and they came up and they said, Hey Ben, you know, is there, is there any way we could maybe switch this around? He goes, I just think their butt towards the mirror would be a little bit better than their butt towards straight out because at least nobody's really yeah. paying attention to that. I said, yeah, yeah, you're probably
1: right. So yeah,
3: that.
1: yeah, that that's how it worked out with us. Because I mean, in my head, like all we're all we're thinking about is equipment, right? Like we yeah. think about that kind of shit. So I was like, no. I would rather someone load the weight, like you know, with their back against the floor than the mirror.
4: You know, yeah,
1: load it like with the mirror and turn right. Like, yeah, you, you could hit it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just funny. That's that's one thing that. I've noticed like a lot of people I talk to, like I mean, we all have the same problems, right? Like you know, no matter where we're at, I mean, it's just funny because everything is kind of the same, you know, with gym owners. so yep.
3: did you notice that uh, when you became a gym owner versus being a trainer or just working out in the gym, how how different the atmosphere is for you? Oh, yeah, Did you notice that
1: That's why I have a home gym.
3: Yeah, that, me too, i have I have the same thing, and I, I like to do all my cardio and stuff. Uh, I call it maintenance work first thing in the morning before I go into work to kind of decompress before I get ready for my day. Yeah. And I, I've, I've found that uh, when, when I was just training in the gym and working with clients, you know, you have that sense of no stress when you leave. Yeah. That's when the stress starts when you leave for the day. Cause you don't know what the heck's going to go wrong by the time you leave to get back the next day. Oh yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It's just yeah. crazy. It's the dynamics of this stuff is crazy. I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine what what you go through. I mean, you guys got a nice gym there and, it's like to keep it at that level, you have to do constant maintenance and have people constantly on patrol. Like my my uh, people that work for me are constantly going through and checking equipment, constantly going through and cleaning. Yeah, it's like yeah. never ending. You know? Yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, one thing I didn't think about, um, like, I mean, I was, I was, I've been in the industry for a while. Like, you know, I did the training thing, owned a supplement store, but when it comes to this equipment, uh, equipment maintenance, like you were talking about, like. One thing I didn't ever think about was like, I didn't know how often like you had to like grease down the the rods, you know what I mean? And stuff like that. Like yeah, I was yeah. like, man, like I had no idea like how much you had to do that stuff. I mean, that's just once to twice
3: a week, depending on the amount of, amount of traffic you got my man. And it's like, yeah. you'll hear something squeaking from across the gym and you're like, Oh my God, they're, right. they're on the tricep machine. I got to get over there immediately. Get the yeah. grease gun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, so most of the days, like I'm in my office doing podcasts, like a manager runs everything for me and, that's cool. uh, so i hear like there's a i fixed it last week finally but uh one of the leg extensions that we have like the pad at the very bottom there's a squeak like if you get over 100 pounds on it and i was in the middle of a podcast and like i could hear it and i was like man i'm gonna have to like tune this out because i was like getting like kind of flustered like visibly you know i was like okay like but anyways
3: when you need thing when you know things are going wrong in your gym you don't want to have any type of negative outlook on your gym from people and Yep. You know, if you have somebody that's in there for the first time, they're like, man, do these people take care of the equipment? They don't see what we go through on a daily basis because they're only there for a brief moment.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, we're there all day long, so we might miss that one day and we'll get it the next. And I'm yeah. the exact same way you are. I had the exact same issue, but mine was the pad kept falling off, the seated hamstring curl, like you'd be doing them, and then all of a sudden it would be way over here. And I'm like, "Yeah, push that back in, tighten it down. Well, I didn't know that the screws could strip on the inside. You couldn't yeah. see it. It looked like it'd screw in. So it kept doing that, and I finally i went through and i have a guy that comes through once a week and, and just checks everything it just walks through and if there's anything that's broken he gets on it right then so
1: mm-hmm. that was the only thing i could do that's awesome man um so looking at like the the rest of your model like what else do you guys offer like i know so you have open gym um, yep. do you offer like i mean i know you offer pt so you offer pt yep. um how does that work out exactly
3: basically we're we're all independent contractors. So the gym actually, we don't work for the gym. We're just independent in the gym. Even though I'm the owner, I still am not part of the gym when it comes to that. Yeah, We have to pay gym rent, you know, and you just come in and whatever you uh, whatever you make over and above your gym rent is yours to keep. And then you do your own taxes and stuff on that. Because what I wanted is I want people to want to hustle for themselves and want to get people in shape for themselves. Not just worry about, okay, well, they're making all this money at the gym and I'm only making 10 bucks an hour or whatever it is. I never wanted to do it like that because I felt like I would never worked that way myself. And I, I thought if it's all on me to get people's results and to make my own way, I will work harder for myself than I will for somebody else. Yeah. And I've always felt that way. And then it builds a little sense of integrity when you, brand, when you brand yourself at a place like the gym or your gym. And people will say, hey, I need to go see Vinny at the gym. And yeah. people are like, okay, that's it. And they'll say, hi, I need to see Ryan at his gym. And they'll say the name of the gym. And they're like, okay, now yeah. they've just associated the two things. And that's why we did it like that. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. It is a hard racket for people to get into. Cause you know that everybody wants to be a trainer nowadays, everybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many times you, and I just got my certification, you know, as well as I do, that piece of paper doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It's know. the knowledge have. Yeah. Over the years. Yeah. And, and it's personality. It's a, it's, you're a psychiatrist, you're a friend, you're a trainer, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be a motivational speaker. Yeah. You can't have a bad day. It doesn't yeah. work like that. They're coming there. They're paying you to have a good day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's how we kind of did that. Um, to answer your question on what else we offer, we do offer some hip hop aerobic classes, yoga classes. We have um, a senior stretch class, which is for anybody, anybody really, but it's focused more for people 55 and over that are losing mobility and that type of thing that can't yeah. really do the yoga, but yeah. they can do that. And it's a little bit of Tai Chi lightweight training. It's a couple of different things. Uh, my cousin is a certified instructor. He's a drill sergeant in the military for 20 years. And then he got out and he was instructing people at the Y. And then I ended up getting him a couple of years back. And we've been doing this ever since. And it's, it's amazing to watch these people when they start. And then when they get about six months into it, how different their body and their outlook is. It's like a complete oh, yeah. release. Yeah. You know, um, we do offer massage therapy. Uh, let's see, what else do we offer? basically with the classes, we, we didn't, we do offer bootcamp class. We didn't want to get really crazy heavy on the classes because with the way our gym's set up, people like to use that upstairs area for different things too and do different workouts. They can do their abs up there. They can jump on our spinning bikes. We do offer spinning as well, but that's been a tough sell because it was hard to keep an instructor in there. You know, I mean, it was hot for a while and then it's not. And if you're a, a heavy weight training gym, we're not like a Bally's, and we're not like a fitness USA Yeah. And we're not like a planet fitness. So you and I are both a little bit more on the hardcore side, Mm -hmm. but we can still offer every amenity to every person that comes in. Exactly. Yeah. We're we're, we're not a health club. That's not what we do. We're a gym. And we're the we're the ones that are gonna be here when the world is having real bad problems. It's gonna be the gyms coming back. It's not gonna be, you know, it's not gonna be just like the boutique things it's going to be like what we offer because that is something that has never ever ever changed in all the years of working out people always come back to what they know yeah you know that's how I feel I'm sorry I got off base there a little bit but
1: no no no, you're good and that's a good point you bring up because now we're we're kind of seeing things are going back this way now so what it's kind of turning into is like the the boutique gyms like I don't know if you've noticed I mean you've been in the industry a while like things go in phases so like early 2000s, like you had like the huge health club, like the mega centers. Yes. You know, started up. Yep. So let's see. Fast forward to like 2007, 2010 ish. That's when, you know, that re- the recession came. So yep. um, that's when the outdoor boot camp started. Absolutely. And, yeah. I think a lot of that was people couldn't afford, you know, PT prices. So it's like, well, shit, let's just go to a park and do it.
3: And it, yeah. yeah,
1: I'll get 20 people,
3: put 10 bucks a piece and we'll roll it like that.
1: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So yep. now we're seeing that. Uh, well, there was that. Then there was CrossFit. Yeah, that was a
3: huge man. I and mean, There's four thousand CrossFit gyms that open up every day. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. Now there's 3,900 that close every day. It's, it's just it's it's a hard sell, man.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. So then you have the boutiques, and yep. now what we're seeing is, so gyms like us, um, even like bigger ones too, they're seeing like, okay, so all these all my people are paying a lot of money to go to these boutique gyms. Like yep. we need to keep everything in house. So then it's kind of like the boutique gym model in a way is kind of starting to go back into, into the gyms like ours, you know, like the, absolutely. the hardcore training or just more services. Right. Cause yeah. that was our problem for the longest is when we first opened up, we didn't, um, I, I had kind of a, not really a limiting belief, but I didn't really know how to get the PT department going or the classes. So, you know, we're just focusing heavy on membership, but then it's like, man, absolutely. Like, you got to have these extra services. You got to have these trainers. Like people have to get results, you know, when they come to your place. Well, office.
3: people, people like to get more for their money. So like if they come in and you say, Hey, you know, say the, say the person signed up name is Steve, Hey Steve, you know, we, we do offer these four classes, your wife, your kids and yourself can join these classes for free with the, with the membership. Yeah. or you we know, or maybe for a small price where they could not normally do that. And then, Hey, maybe you might say, Hey, I'm going to throw you a free uh, session of PT, throw one of your, your trainers in there, let, let them have a free session. And let the trainer sell the PT services and show them the benefit of that. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. the more amenities you offer, heck yeah. I mean, just like massage therapy. I mean, it's not something that's a really huge moneymaker, but it is something that when you have it, people are definitely like, Oh, Hey, that's great. I can go here. And then yeah. they'll do X, yeah. Y, and Z at your place as well. And they're not even thinking about that they're just wanting to get results, but they, that's always the option that they have. And it's like, just like you and me, like, if we're going to buy a car, we say, Hey, for this $20,000, I can get uh this, 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 and this, you're going to buy this car that offers six things versus this car that offers four for the same price. Yeah. You're always going to do that. And even if you don't use other two, you yeah. don't care. Yeah. I'm just getting this much. And you want to tell people about that.
1: You yeah, know? exactly. And that's, a funny, funny. It, that's a funny way to put it because it's like, when you think about it in those terms, it's like, you're going to, you're going to get the one that gets you the six things instead of the four. Yep. Unless you're a dumbass, yeah, right? yeah,
3: you'll have that one
1: guy that wants to come in and argue with you and say, "You know what,
3: Ryan, I, I, I want the four. Well, but, but, Joe, it only, it only, it costs the same amount for six. Yeah, I want the four. I don't want all that.
1: Okay, yeah, I'm gonna hook you're, you up. You're trying to sell me, right? Yeah. So
3: you know what I tell him? I'm gonna give you those two for free. I'm not even gonna charge you for them.
1: <laughs> like, like, all right, right man, that's cool. That's what I do like, with my t-shirts too. I'm like, hey, you can buy one for twenty or two for forty, and they're like, fuck it. Well yeah, let's do two for 40. I'm like, okay, yeah,
3: yeah. That's, a, that's a way oh, yeah, better dude. deal. I mean, are you kidding? Yeah. Me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you seem to be like, I am, you're very charismatic and you, you, you like people so that when you, when you start uh, talking with people, you can already see you get them engaged in the conversation. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm never done anything like what we're doing right now. And I enjoy talking with you already. I mean, this has been great. Just a yeah. few minutes went on. Yeah, I am sure it's nice to have a laugh with somebody that does the same thing. We're in two different places doing the exact same thing day in and day out. Which oh is yeah, great.
1: I know. Um, and we were kind of talking about that a few days ago. I was talking to this guy, and he's like, "Well, the cool thing about it is, you know, we can talk about share some of the same struggles we have going on." He's mm-hmm. like, "But in my town, like, I can't talk to other gym owners because they're just trying to hold that against me." Yeah, right? and, and try to you know try to be cutthroat about it. You know, so yeah, you're right. That that is a pretty cool thing about this. And I think once once people get on here, they're like, "Man, this." This is the same. Like, we're, we may not be exactly the same, but we're the same.
3: Well, and exactly, exactly the point behind this is okay, you and I both know that probably next year the traveling is going to pick up a lot. So, yep. people from my area will come to, pe- to to places like your area and they're going to need a place to go. What do you yep. do? You recommend your friend that's down, hey, go see my boy Ryan. Right. This is this gym. This is where you go. Hey, go see my boy Vinny. You're going to be in Flint. This is where you want to go. Yeah. Develop these relationships, these reporters with the gym owners that you've had on. And people are starting to see that there's a lot more camaraderie. But I like what you said when you said, yeah, you can't talk about it in your area because of this cutthroat. We have probably four or five really large gyms around us. And when we opened up, we opened up right next to Planet Fitness. And a lot of people were like, do you think you can make it? And I said, well, God, I hope Planet Fitness can make it. It would be really sad if they couldn't. And you know what? I tell every one of my members, every one of them, I want you to get a membership at Planet Fitness as well. Like, why in the hell would I want to do that? I'm like, because I want you to beat the shit out of their cardio equipment, not mine. You come here to lift weights. Yeah. do your night cardio. And they're like, you know what? That's great. I'm building their brand and helping myself because the thing about me as a fitness, there's enough to go around. Yeah. If if you are not intimidated and you are not, not worried about what Joe blows doing over here, you just focus on getting people's results. They will always be loyal and always be good to you. Tell yeah. the truth. Don't lie to them and get it done. And if yeah. you can't help somebody, you tell them that too. You just, you a lot of people want to sell these, 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 these false dreams, man. We're not about that. Like yep. we're, we're the few, the proud, man. This is the, this is the end of the road for most people. You know, this is where we got to be. Yeah, and, uh, you know, health and fitness is the only thing that saved people through the pandemic. This yeah. is, this is what we got. This is medicine, man. We got to be good to people,
1: you know? That's so true. And I, you know, that's funny that you brought, cause I've done the same thing. We had a planet fitness that opened about a year and a half ago. And I told people, I was like, yeah, I mean, you should probably go over there and, and you know for the they're like all the cardio i'm like yeah you should probably go get a membership and they thought i was being like an ass at first and i'm like no seriously it's like and they're like I, no we're not good i'm like no really like you you should go like it's fine like trust me i'm not being a dick like you can go like use the cardio i mean we have nice cardio but they have double what we have you know what i mean and i mean yeah yeah, just just use theirs it's 10 bucks i mean
3: yeah think about this for a second like they're open 24 hours we're not a 24-hour facility because i have a cleaning crew that comes in every night ever since covid we 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 always have done a really intense cleaning but now adding the fogging in we have more intense cleaning done every single night yeah i don't want to have a 24-hour gym for the liability purposes i can't get anything fixed i do all my stuff after hours if need be yeah you know I tell them, I said, you go there, you get your stuff done. Then you come back to me. I mean, you obviously can't grind a workout out at planet fitness. Like you would at one of our gyms. It's just not going to happen. You yeah. get kicked out. And it's just people like us don't belong training in a place like that. When, when you're, when you're result focused and, uh, oriented on competing and things like that competitors are not going to planet fitness and 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 doing their workouts. That's just not happening. You know, they yeah. may do the cardio and it's not, not a knock against them. It's just, that's not their, that's not their, that's not their gig. I yeah. only thing that gets me about planet fitness. I wish they would just not do anymore. Is so I wish they would quit saying it's a no judgment zone. I really wish they would quit doing that because it is. it's, I mean, it's the worst judgment you'll ever have. I, I had an experience when we were getting ready to open. I wanted to uh, see how they set it up to see how to set my gym up. Cause I don't know if you've ever noticed planet fitness is set up like a nightclub. What's first your cardio Then your selectivized machines. What's in the, what's in the very back, the free weights. Do you know why they don't ever want you to get there. I don't care about that. People stay right up around front. Look at them. Look at them all. It's like set up like a nightclub. So when I walked in, I walked in and I said, Hey, uh, I just want to take a look at your facility. And they're like, Oh, okay. Well, here, let me show you where you want to go. They walked me up and walked me to the other door and they're like, you want to go out here? Like what? I said, yeah. I said, I couldn't make this shit up. He said, yeah, you don't want to work out here. This isn't your type of place. I said, I just really want to see what it's like I'm opening up a gym and I just wanted to see what you guys have because I'm, I wanted to see if it's a good setup, which I can see it's backwards from what I would want completely, but it's, it's fine. And I've noticed ever since that happened, I thought to myself, I will never make anybody feel like that going to their gym, you know, it kind of hurt my feelings. Cause I'm like, you know, you don't know anything about me. You know, I yeah. you, you're judging a book by its cover. So a bald guy with muscles. And now all of a sudden, like, I wouldn't want to work out at your gym because why? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think yeah. about that. So every person that comes in probably to your gym too, you make them feel at home. They're welcome. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Whether the disabled, blind, yeah, deaf, absolutely. I don't care. Yeah. Overweight, not overweight, muscular, not muscular. We all started somewhere.
5: Yeah, know? man.
1: And that's the thing, because yeah, I mean, you didn't walk in like with a like a stringer on or anything, did you? No.
3: Like stringer, I, like, I, don't like, three, I don't even know. I don't even know one. Two jugs. <laughs> no. Two, Do you know what two water I, gallons? I walked in, in a in an oversized shirt with my sweatpants <laughs> and like that's it, and my uh, phone in my hand, I think, just to take pictures, and <laughs> it was just not, not maybe my forearms <laughs> intimidated. I don't know. I don't know how it could have been. Yeah,
1: I, I get it though, man. That's the thing. Like you know, they say judgment free, right? Um, but I mean, I've never, you know, remotely done anything close to anything like that. You know, to anyone coming in my gym, you know, whether or not I thought they were a fit or not. Yeah, you, know, you have you have some people that'll th- it'll shock the hell out of you because I'm thinking when they come in we're going to get about halfway through. They're going to hear the music and they're going to be like, okay, can we, can we stop? And, yep. but sometimes those people are like, well, yeah, let's do it. Like, you know, you don't I, know what their background is.
3: Well, it's just the same thing as if you're, you know, when you see people walk in, the type of clothes does they it not, does not denote the income level or status that person is. You have yeah. no idea. You know, most people that are well off just want to blend in with everybody else. They're yeah. not going around and announcing it. If you treat everybody like family, they will come back to you 10 times over. I, I, I've been more of the guy that like, if you hang out with somebody and say, Hey, you know, I buy this time you buy that time, that kind of thing. That's the same way the gym is, you know, you want everybody to feel like, you know, Hey, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are. You're welcome here. Well, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. You know, I keep the gym really nice and clean and everything's functioning and you keep paying your membership and we work together and we, we've got a really synergistic relationship that works perfectly. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll never have to be chasing out money from people because you know what, they're excited to pay because they know that you're investing your money into the gym to better it and they're not seeing their money going out the door. They're not seeing you driving up in three Cadillac Escalades, you know, you got a different one right. for every day of the week or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's, that's so true, man. If you think about it, I mean, have you ever saw how Adam Sandler dresses? yes i mean dude yeah i mean you never think never no, you'd never think it no he's wearing oversized shirts and you know big ass uh, basketball shorts and you know sometimes combat boots <laughs> whatever you know what i mean like that's the thing i mean you can't judge you can't judge at all
3: no 100 percent. sorry I, I i get a kick out of you this is great
1: <laughs> yeah man yeah good stuff yeah and one thing i was curious about so like your trainer so do you got like do you help feed them clients or are they responsible for everything
3: I do feed them uh, clients. Typically what I do is uh, every single member that signs up gets one free session with one of the trainers that participates in that program. Yeah, uh, Four out of the five of us participate. I do not participate. Being the owner and whatnot, I want to make it as fair as I can. So yeah. I always generate my own people. Uh, I work more by referral, but yeah, I always feed them and I always make sure that they have clients coming in and they're welcome to get their own as well. I encourage them to do that right. because you right. know only so many people are going to come into PT that are joining a gym. They're, I mean- yeah maybe one out of 10, one out of eight, something like that. So, but yeah, we do definitely, we definitely make sure that they get what they need. I mean, our our trainers do fairly, fairly well, but I found that experience definitely does help keep clients around with the trainers. So a lot of the newer trainers do struggle a little bit to keep their clientele. Yeah. Because they'll see people like you or, you or myself that have been doing this for a long time. And they'll see us working these people and they'll see the type of people that you have and they'll be like, man, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't start where I'm at now, you know, and neither yeah, did this person, but I started 20 years ago. yeah. And since everybody's a trainer now, you got so much skepticism with all these different forms of social media that people don't know what's what, you yeah. know, so they'll come in they'll say, well, I watched this on TikTok and I saw this on YouTube. I'm like, well, this, you know, you gotta, you gotta trust the process. So I tell all my young trainers and all my trainers, trust the process, you be you and do what you need to do. And you will develop the clientele that suits you. You know, yeah. don't be something that you're not. If you have a niche, use that niche.
1: Yeah, you know,
3: exactly. that's kind of that's how we do it.
1: But with with the people like the new people that come in that get a free session, um, how many of those people would you say scheduled like a free training session?
3: I'd say probably 40 percent, maybe 50 percent at most. It's, it's 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 a pretty decent number. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm talking about the people that didn't come there because they knew myself or one of the other trainers right right you know i'm saying just people walking off the street normally they will take advantage of it because they they like to walk around and see what's what and mm-hmm. a lot of the people that do that have never been in a gym before or have never felt comfortable so yeah. them are typically the people that do it so that's why i say 40 to 50 percent you know depending yeah you know, and there's five of us i believe and uh four of us participate so it works out pretty well
1: pretty well yeah that's the thing and and one thing we ran into for a while is we had like maybe that many people that would schedule, but, you know, getting some of the people to show up is different, right? Yeah. Like, yes. but maybe, maybe half of that would show or sometimes more. And a lot of times it depends on the year, you know, the season, yes. like what people are selling for. So. Well,
3: it's, some people think that you're just trying to sell them on something where like it's a scam because <clears> they've <throat> been to fitness USA or a Bally's or something where you're selling training packages. And the whole, only thing is it's not really free. It's just, you're enticing them. We're not trying to sell them on anything. Like, we're going to present it. And I I don't want any hard sales in my gym. I don't, I don't like that because that's not what we're doing. Like I want people to want to be there because if you have to sell them the first day, guess what you have to do the next day. So again, why they got to be there. Do you have time in your day to sell somebody 30 days in a row?
1: Yeah. Not like that. No, no. So,
3: you know, and that way you get people that want to be there and then they're loyal. Yeah. They want it.
1: Yeah. That's a good point because there's, there's a, there's a huge difference in trying to sell someone and then showing them where they're at. Showing them where you can take them and presenting a price. Absolutely. Like like, there's such a big difference. And I I have to tell like some of my trainers that all the time. I'm like, they're like, well, they know we're going to try to sell. I'm like, we're not trying to sell them. We are, you know, we're presenting them options. Like you already admitted that you don't know what you're doing. You already admitted this is where you want to go. You already (laughs) admitted you don't know if you can get there on your own. So we have a solution. This is the solution. This is what it costs. Yeah, Yeah. And then if they push back, you know, they don't want to do it. Okay, whatever. Like,
3: cool. I hope to see you in the gym. And if you have any questions, please ask any one of us and we'll be happy to take you through. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, exactly. I think that that approach you did was probably the best because when they're not not feeling like they have to sell their clients and they're just presenting them with options, it makes them feel more like uh, you're being more helpful than pushy. You know what I'm saying? And that's the biggest thing. There's a thin line between that because, you know, as well as I do. The 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, it was pushing memberships, push them, push them, push them, push them. Well, oh, yeah. if you're pushing memberships and pushing training, what happens is you know, the independent contractors that, that kind of went away for a while and they're still going away.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I'm there's two gyms in probably my area that still do that. And everybody else, I mean, you you pay the gym, then they pay the trainer. Yeah. And yeah, the bad thing about I don't want to collect anybody else's money. Ryan, do you want I don't want to do that? I mean, I don't know how you guys do it, but I I don't want to because people will always have a problem and always something get screwed up and i'm just like you're you pay for your stuff your yeah. gym rents do it the first of the month and then anything over and above that is you and your taxes you handle those yourself mm-hmm. boom done you know and it yeah. just makes it makes it a little more of a pride thing for the people too because like well i own my own business there's nothing better
1: yeah yeah because yeah when it's like yeah i own my own business but this guy's controlling my money you know it's <laughs> yeah. just kind of it's yeah. I get it. You're kind of like the government, right? <laughs> when well, you yeah. Get, I mean,
3: he's like, he's, he's like, "Hey, Dad, can I get can I get a loan on my on my yeah. check?" And I'm like, "No, son, you can't. You spend all your money." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. That's, that's exactly how it is.
1: Yeah. And now, uh, I was curious. So, on the massage, what what type of massage do you guys have? Is it like sports massage, or is it? Does she offer like everything? Or we heat? offer
3: we offer a couple of different types. We offer a sports massage. We offer relaxation massage. We offer Graston. Um, and she was getting a little bit into the Thai massage. We're actually switching massage therapists because the therapist I had had been with us quite a while and she's getting to the point where body is pretty, pretty broken down. So we're actually in a transitional phase right now. So right now we're doing more of just the sports massage and relaxation, but we'll get back into the other. I've had, I've went through two therapists since I've been open. It's, it's a lot of work on them. You know what I'm saying? And a gym a gym is not an uh, optimal place for a massage therapist if they're trying to work like if they're single or by themselves, you're not gonna get 30 massages a day. You yeah. know, you might get four, you might get five.
1: Yeah.
3: And typically they want to work three days a week. I mean, if you have a massage therapist that's working five days a week and doing eight massages a day, by the end of the week, their massages are terrible. They're yeah. tired, no, bodies no. beat up, and you know what, do you wanna pay 50 or 60 bucks to get a terrible massage? No. You know no. what I'm saying? So, like no. we've always encouraged them, you know, <laughs> if if you're feeling you're feeling burned out or whatnot this is the way we want it so i always want that you know tip top and so far we've been we've been doing really good i've got a lady filling in right now that is just absolutely phenomenal i'm trying to swear to come over my way a little bit more but yeah yeah you know how that goes you know yeah yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's it's tough to get the massage therapist we've we've had the same lady for a few years um well hell six years yeah it's more than a few um yeah she does a good job and she uh Same deal, you know, pretty much the same type of stuff you guys are talking about, but she does a lot of the scraping too, you know, that's great. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's one of those things like, you know, if someone's never done that before, like I've had some clients of mine, they're like, well, I'm going to go see her. And I'm like, well, look, let me just tell you, like, this isn't (laughs) like you're going to the spa. Like, no, you know, this, right? Like this is, yeah, this is going to help your performance, your mobility, um, you know, eventually recovery too. So I just want you to know this, like, it's not going to be Pleasant.
3: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a little uncomfortable and you may yell, but it's okay, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, you know? oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that shit all the time through my office, you know. Well, I mean and
3: it's funny because when you hear people getting a in for the first time, you you can pretty much pinpoint who's getting
1: it. You're like, Oh yeah, yep, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, man, we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast. So um one thing I always like to ask people. Let's say like in a year from now, what does uh, growth look like for you and your and your business?
3: I would like to grow my business by probably another 100 members. And mm-hmm. the way that I think we're going to be most successful doing that, we need to up our marketing just a little bit. Now, obviously, we do a lot of social media stuff because that's like the way of the future. You know that everybody's doing yep. doing that. But I also think another good way to do it is by promoting um, Better results in the gym. So I've always encouraged my trainers and my staff to be as helpful as they can and encourage them to bring their family and friends in, not in a pushy way, but just to mention it to them. Maybe offering them um incentive programs like hey, if you bring a friend in that signs up for a year membership, you get a month free. Yep. Doing stuff like that, maybe offering a t-shirt for if they sign a member up for a year just little incentive things a smoothie we have our own smoothie bar we have our own line of smoothies and all that and our own line of gym apparel so we've we've you know we can we can offer different things at different times of the year so them are the type of things that we're looking for and i would definitely like to grow my business by a minimum of 100 members which i think we're well on our way to doing that uh the pandemic really really smacked us down but i think that that we're coming back pretty good so i'm excited to see what happens
1: awesome man we well, had yeah, good goals for sure. And um, best of luck on everything, man. And I definitely appreciate enjoyed you. the podcast today. Thanks for coming out, dude. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ryan. appreciate yeah, you. Absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button. And if you're a gym owner and you want to be a guest in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest until next time. Jim Lords out.